We are so glad that you have chosen to stream this audio, and we hope it will encourage you in your faith and your walk towards Christ-likeness. As a side note, we pray that this audio sermon is just supplemental in your relationship with Christ and in no way replaces the church you are plugged into or the pastor that God has put in your life to shepherd and care for your soul. And so with that said, please enjoy this sermon. We have prayed that God would use it in your life. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to the Word of Go to the Lord in prayer. We'll, we'll pray for Kenya, and then we'll jump into the Word tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for the opportunity we have tonight just to, to gather together as a body of believers and just to worship you, Father. Uh, we just, we're so, so thankful that we have the opportunity, that we, we're given the freedom to, to meet together. God, we also just want to lift up the Kenya team, God, as they're you know, preparing to, to leave tomorrow. Uh, we, um, we pray that they, they, they prepare diligently. They're, they're prepared to share the gospel. That they're prepared to, to spread the word to the people in Kenya. I'm just so thankful that, that this group of people is willing to, to give up time at work, to give up time with family, to, to give up time here. They could be spending on vacation or other things to, to go and proclaim the gospel, to proclaim your word. I just pray that as they leave, that, that we're supporting them even here in the States. That, that we're... Or, lifting prayer for them. I would just thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good evening. Tonight we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 4, 1. Last week Doug brought the message and he showed us that our righteousness is through faith in Christ. We see that Paul declares to the Philippian church that Their righteousness is not based off of their good works or off of their good deeds, but it's based off of Christ and their faith in him. And then tonight we see that he kind of continues on that. He continues to move forward with that and shows us that that because our righteousness is not through good works, that it's through faith, that we need to be passionately pursuing Christ. Paul declares that we need to passionately pursue after Jesus. And as I was thinking of that and just thinking of this pursuit, it reminded me of a, a movie that me and my sister used to watch at my grandparents' house as a little kids. Uh, my grandmother gathered up a bunch of this VHS tapes. She had a lot of them. And she just loved for us to watch these tapes. And one that we really enjoyed was a movie called Homeward Bound. <laughs> yeah, it's about those dogs. And it's about three do- two dogs and a cat. Uh, Chase, Shadow, and Sassy. And they've been taken by their owners to this farm as they go off on vacation. And for some reason, the pets think to themselves, our owners have left us. They've abandoned us here, and now we have to go find them. And so they leave this farm, and they, they go out on this adventure, this treacherous journey back home. And it kind of... It's kind of the same for us as we pursue Christ. That these, these pets, they loved their owner so much that they abandoned the shelter that they had been given to go and find them. And we've been really given the same instructions by Paul to pursue Jesus Christ, to passionately pursue him, to follow him with, with all determination That's kind of what we're going to pick up tonight, starting off in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, 
but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul starts off his, this part of the letter to the Philippians by... <coughs> Sorry about that. I feel like I did that last time I preached too. <laughs> he starts off this, letter to the, this part of his letter to the Philippians by giving us this goal that we need to pursue. And that goal is to pursue Christ, to, to, to chase after Christ. And then he starts off by reminding them that, yes, you're supposed to pursue him, but don't worry about your perfection. He starts off by saying, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. He reminds him that I'm not perfect. So don't, don't fret, don't worry, but just pursue after Christ. Chase after him. Your righteousness is through your faith, in, your faith in Christ, not through your works, not through your good deeds, but it's through your faith in Christ. In Philippians 3, 9, he tells us, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul starts off right here by acknowledging his own imperfections. He hum- humbles himself, he shows humility here, and tells the Philippian believers, I'm not there yet either. I haven't obtained this perfection either. So don't fret. Don't worry. Don't beat yourself up over not being perfect yet. Instead, pursue after Christ. Pursue after the one who is perfect. He tells them to acknowledge your own imperfections. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge the mistakes you've made. And then look towards Christ to be the one who will Remove these imperfections. Look towards Christ as the one who, who gives you righteousness. He acknowledges that he's imperfect. He acknowledges that he hasn't obtained perfection, but that he continually presses on towards the goal. He continually presses on towards Christ. He looks at the Philippian believers and tells them, don't need... Do you, Don't be discouraged by your lack of perfection. Don't be discouraged by your sin. Instead, pursue after Christ with all the more determination. Pursue after Christ with all the more intent. Pursue Christ even though you sin. Pursue after Christ even when you face trials. And we see that Paul does this. He pursues Christ even though he faces imprisonment. We see he pursues Christ even when he's stoned. He sees that the goal isn't to make a great name for himself. The goal isn't to obtain riches, but instead the goal is to to be more like Christ. Paul continues on. He tells us that I press on to make it my own. I press on to to make Christ my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul intends to pursue after Jesus because Jesus has pursued him first. Paul pursues Christ with the intent of grasping onto Christ just like Paul, just like Christ has grasped onto us. 
Paul right here reminds us that he reminds us that we can pursue after Christ because he's first pursued us. As we continually read through Paul's letters, I, I really enjoy the how he continually like he uses this imagery of running a race. We see in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete ex- exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And we see the author of Hebrews uses this same type of imagery of running in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." Paul uses this imagery of running a race. He uses this imagery of being a runner to show us that the Christian life is not just a passive and effortless journey. It's something that we have to, we have to, something that we have to actively pursue. We're called to actively pursue Christ. We can't just sit at home twiddling our thumbs, just waiting for God just to, to come and move in our lives. Paul's called us to actively get up and pursue after Christ read our Bibles, to, to participate in corporate worship. We're called to actively pursue after Christ, to passionately pursue after him. And as Paul continues on, he reminds us that, that he pursues Christ and that he does so by forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul calls us to, to pursue after Christ, to passionately pursue him, and to not, to, not to look back or worry about our, our sin. Paul reminds us that even though he hasn't obtained the goal, even though we haven't obtained perfection, we're to press on more and more with more and more passion. He reminds us not to dwell on the past, not to be caught up in our past mistakes, not to be caught up in our past imperfections, but to continually pursue Christ. He reminds us that, yes, you're going you're gonna to have failures. You're going to fail at times, but we are pursuing the one who is perfect. We can look to Christ and say, I am pursuing after you. I'm looking towards you. I'm moving towards you. I want to become more and more like you because you're perfect and I'm not. Paul calls us to pursue after the perfect one. We're called to to press on towards Christ. That We're called to to continually pursue after Christ with the goal of knowing Christ more. Paul says that I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The prize isn't that We'll inherit riches. The prize isn't that we'll be liked by everyone. The prize isn't that we'll be 
honored and glorified. The prize is Jesus Christ. We pursue after Christ with the, the mindset that the prize at the end of the race is Christ. Our goal in running this race should be to know Christ more. As I, as I look at the imagery Paul uses of running the race, it reminds me of running, in, running cross-country in high school. And I remember three miles being just extremely long distance. And I remember just being, as you get to the end of the race, being just extremely tired. But I also remember as you rounding that last bend, and as you're looking and you're seeing the finish line in the distance, there's a little bit of energy coming back to you because you're thinking to yourself, this is almost over. I'm about to finish this race. And so you're given this little bit of energy left. You find a little bit more energy just to, to finish out the race because you know the end is near. And Paul's telling the same to the Philippian believers. The end is near. Jesus is coming back again. He is returning. So pursue after him passionately. Pursue after him as if you can see the end, as if you can see the prize. Chase after Christ. And so how do we do that? How do we passionately pursue Christ? I think it first and foremost starts with reading the word, being in scripture. We can't know Christ more. We can't become more like Christ if we're not first starting off in his word. I think it's especially true when, like Paul, we're experiencing trials. When we go through times of struggles. When we go through times where we see our imperfections. We're reminded of our wrongs, of our sins. I think it's extremely important then for us to be in the word, to be diving in and looking towards Christ and being reminded of his grace, of his faithfulness. We're first called, I think the first part in pursuing after Christ is to, to be in his word, being in the word that he's given us, being here on Sunday mornings and hearing the scripture preached. I think it's also, I think we also are called to pursue Christ by worshiping him. We're called to gather out of the body of believers and to to worship him, to, to hear his scripture read, to hear his script word re- preached, to sing songs to him, to declare to him how glorious and how great he is. And then we're also called to pursue Christ by going out and proclaiming the gospel. We've been given this word. We've been given the word of God. We've been given salvation. And so we're called to go and proclaim that gospel, to proclaim the greatness of Christ. We're called to show the perfection of Christ to the world, the love of Christ to the world. And so we're called to go and take that to our workplaces, called to take it to the people that we may not get along with, the people that we may not enjoy spending time with. We're called to take that to our families, whether that's in family worship every night or through just through his family get-togethers. We're called to proclaim the gospel to all people. And then Paul continues on, and 
He first gives us this goal. He shows us that the goal is to pursue after Christ, that the goal is to, to know Christ more. But then we're also given an example by Paul. He doesn't just start off and say, oh, you've got to do all these things. You need to pursue after Christ, and good luck with that. We'll see what that looks like. But then he shows us that this is what it looks like. Starting off in verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame, with mind set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that it enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul starts off by giving them an example. He says, imitate me. Not because I'm perfect, but not, not because I've done all these great things, but because I'm imitating Christ. Imitate me because I'm also pursuing after Christ. So follow me in this. And not just Paul. He doesn't call us just to, to imitate him. He calls us to, to imitate those who are around us who are also following Christ. He reminds us of the importance of being together with a body of believers he reminds us the importance of the local church. We get to, to gather here on Sundays and on Wednesday evenings and on Sunday evenings at community groups. We're surrounded by fellow Christians and fellow believers. And we get to discuss things of Christ. We get to encourage each other and uplift each other. Paul's reminding us that we've given a multitude of those around us who are also pursuing after Christ, so following their example also. He encourages us to surround yourself with other Christians, with faithful Christians. Then he also gives us this warning, tells us to be weary of those who are enemies of the cross. Verse 18, he says, For many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory in their shame with mind set on earthly things. Paul tells us to, to surround ourselves with fellow Christians, to surround ourselves with mature Christian believers, and then to, to be weary of those who aren't. Be cautious of the ones who are enemies of the cross. He's not telling us to completely avoid them, to stay away from them. Because if we're doing that, then we're not proclaiming the gospel to them, but to be cautious around them. Don't allow ourselves to be tempted by them. Don't allow ourselves to be drawn into their sin. It kind of a little bit reminds me of this story in the Lord of the Rings where we see Frodo, he has, this, he has the ring. And as he's coming up to, to Mount Mordor to throw the ring into the, the, into the volcano, into, into the mountain, we see he's standing there, and he can't throw it away. He's, he's been encouraged by his friends throughout this entire time to, to go up here and to throw the ring into the fire, to get rid of it, but he's become so attached to it that he can't bring it upon himself. And Paul's telling us to, to be wary of this, that 
As we spend time with these people, we will face temptations. But to surround ourselves with fellow believers to strengthen us and encourage us during those times. He's telling us to be weary of those. And then he reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven. That we're to store up good things. That we're to store up our treasure in heaven. We see Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 19 and 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, there your, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Paul reminds us that to, to be weary of the enemy, but to remember that our citizenship, that our place, the place that we're called to be at is heaven. And that one day we will experience that. One day we will be with Christ. And that the reward that we'll obtain in heaven will be far greater than anything that we'll obtain here on earth. It'll be far greater than any pleasure we can experience here on earth. Any temptation that promises great joy and great happiness will never compare to the greatness and to the joy that heaven will give us. He reminds us that we will will experience a glorified body. Our lowly body will be transformed into the glorious body that Christ has for us. He reminds us that, that we have greater treasure waiting for us in heaven than anything we have on earth. And then he ends his, ends his section by once again encouraging the Philippian believers. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul's gone through and he's shown us that we're to pursue after Christ, that we're to pursue the goal. And then he gives us an example. He shows us that we're surrounded by fellow believers, so follow in them, with them as they're pursuing Christ. And then he reminds us to stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm on the word. Rely upon God. Rely upon Christ. Pursue after him. We're called to to surround ourselves with fellow believers. We're called to, to be a part of a local church. We're called to be surrounded by believers. We're called to stand firm upon the gospel of God. We're called to stand upon the word. So tonight I hope as we're coming to the end of our message, that we're coming to the end of our time, that this is our mindset, that we're coming here tonight and that we're being reminded that we're to call to pursue after Christ, that we're called to to chase after him. I hope as we go throughout the rest of our week, as we go throughout the rest of this day, and go throughout the rest of this year, that 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 is our goal. That our goal is to become more and more like Christ. That our goal is to, to surround ourselves with other people who are, also have this goal. And I pray that we, we find opportunities to share this goal with others. That we share the, the love of Christ with others. That we show others that this, our pursuit of Christ isn't in vain. That it's not for naught. But that it's that it's for the greatness that we have in heaven stored up for us. That one day we're promised so much more than this life can ever promise. That we're sharing this message with others. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, I pray that as you you hear the word, that as you hear God speaking tonight, that you're reminded 
that you're, that you're shown the glory of God. I pray that God moves in your life and shows you his glory. He shows you that he's come and he's died for your sins. That he's paid the price for you. That he's paid for your sin. That he's taken upon himself his, the wrath of God. I pray that you come to a saving knowledge of Christ tonight. I pray that you, you come to know Jesus so that you can also passionately pursue him. That you can see that he has so much more to offer than anything that his life does. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, just thank you for the time that we've had tonight just to, to gather together, just to, just to hear the word preached, that we just to, to worship you, Father. God, I pray that our desire tonight and our desire this year is to passionately pursue you, that our, our desire is to, to follow after you, Father, that our desire is to become more and more like Christ. God, I pray that, I pray that we're spending time in the word, that we're growing more like you. And I pray that as we learn from the word, as we, as we see your grace, we see your goodness, that we're going out and we're proclaiming this word to others. We're sharing it with our, our coworkers and our families, that they may also come to know you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.